small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and this is your Monday bonus episode. But wait, hold it. I'm not alone. Sitting across the table from me, live, in person, I assume vaxxed and boosted, please welcome podcaster in his own right, Nick Bamback. Did I say that right? You did say it right. Nick, tell us what your podcast is called. My podcast is Rock and Retrospect, and I had had as a guest we talked about the eurythmics and i think he's one of the reasons why they got inducted into the <laughs> well, rock and roll fame i don't no, know I, yeah you're definitely now who is oh we immediately start and i get a text <laughs> that is that makes me mad hold on i'm not editing this i'm just turning my phone off i'm making it in silent mode Hold on, everybody. If it helps, I have it on Do Not Disturb. and Okay. I have mine on Do Not Disturb now. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Nick, you're in Los Angeles, and the reason you're in Los Angeles is because you're going to where? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. This is going to be my third one. I, the first one I went to was in 2019. Mm-hmm. That was, in my opinion, my favorite one so far because that was just an incredible lineup very much a british heavy Mm -hmm. class and i went really because of roxy music and the cure because you know radiohead wasn't gonna show up or the ones who matter and like def leppard was my dad's favorite band or one of his favorite bands so that's why i took him to the ceremony when i was at the barclay center of course it was great to see janet and stevie there um was supposed to go in 2020 didn't happen obviously Hmm. And I'm sad because Depeche Mode, which is one of my two or three favorite bands, yeah. shout out to Carrie Scott, because that's what we talk about a lot. Uh, they got inducted, but it was nothing was there. Then I went last year to the ceremony in Cleveland, and I saw uh, Foo Fighters and Go-Go's and El Cool J. And yeah. it was- You've been to some good ones. Yeah. these like I've been fortunate in terms of the ones I've went to, because some of them have been kind of not as good in the last decade. And is this going to be your thing now? You think you'll go every year now? Yes, I think I will. It's, it's one yeah. of those things where, you know, I, I can honestly say too, Pat, because for the longest time um, for listeners, uh, it was a closed event, not to the public until really, I would say really 2012, really with HBO. Where, I mean, there was like maybe one or two before that, but yeah. a lot more at the Waldorf Historia. But I can say that I've been to ceremonies in the three cities that they've always hosted in, which was... Uh, New York, LA, and Cleveland, and Cleveland, and now LA. So that's a running joke with a group of friends because, <laughs> like, usually you only get to go to one because right. of geography. But I've been to every, I've been to every location well, possible. I mean, if you plan it and you, you know, you save your pennies over the year, you can, you can, you can go. Absolutely. Um, so I've been to one. I went in 2016 when Cheap Trick in Chicago and Deep because Cheap Trick's my favorite band and everyone knows unless you're listening for the first time. I love Cheap Trick. I think that's why we get along so well. There you go. And uh, is that the only reason, Nick? What about the fatherly vibe I have because I'm your dad's age? Yes, that's Does, true. That, that comes through also, right? Definitely. <laughs> and Deep Purple and who else got in that Steve year? Miller. Steve Miller, but yes. But not the band because it was just Steve Miller. Yes, it was just Steve Miller. And he was... Well, the Black Keys gave like the worst induction speech ever. They did. Uh, it should have been Boz Skag should have inducted him. 
because Boz was the vocalist right. in the Steve Miller band originally. Right. And he has a good case in many ways for the Hall of Fame. Sure. He just like he's just one of those figures that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, but he got royally screwed by the Rock Hall. And like, you know, sometimes I do rewatch that clip of Steve in the press conference room. Yeah. It's like it's kind of amazing because I feel like. You know, with the rock hall, anyway, it's like you put yourself out there as the artist, but you don't get anything back, really. Yeah. So, like, I kind of don't blame him. And Chicago was the other one. Yeah. And NWA. And, and Deep Purple. And Burt Burns, because, Burt you know, Burns. Little Steven's a side project, because he did that musical. Yeah. But Burt Burns is very worthy, too, because he, yeah. he wrote Piece of My Heart and Brown Eyed Girl, so. And um, I was, see, I had press passes that year, so I was in that room. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in the room when Steve Miller was saying the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was I was in the room when Cheap Trick was getting asked questions, and boy, that was awkward, because Bunny was on stage, and it was literally three of them were here, and then there was a considerable space and then Bunny was here. And at one point, one of the people said, ask Robin, Robin, what's it like to be performing again with your old drummer? And Robin goes, he's not that old. That was the question. I was like, oh, all right, that could be a compliment or a real diss. Uh, the biggest diss for me was, for, for Bunny, was we got there so early that we got to walk the floor and walk around all the tables where the, you know, the name cards are. And Rick, Robin, and Tom were right up front and Bunny was way in the back, like way, it was like, uh. But, so, and I had planned to go this year and I had said to Nick, I said, look, I'm gonna try to get press passes and if I do, you and I will go and we'll pretend like you're my producer and we'll get everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And that didn't happen. And then Nick texts me and he goes, tickets go on sale this date, try to get them. And I couldn't, but, but, Right before we started to record, Nick, what did you tell me? I did something nice and I got Pat two tickets to the ceremony. And I seriously, I'm almost about to cry. And if I don't cry right now, I will definitely cry when we play some of this country music. But I, that is just, I like, I'm overwhelmed sometimes by the things that, you know, my friends that I've met through Rock Solid. Uh, what they'll come up with or do for me or gift to me. It's just amazing. And that's quite a gesture because even though you said the tickets weren't too bad, I know they probably were, but I very much appreciate it. And now I have to find someone who's going to go with me. That won't be difficult, but uh, I'm very excited now to, uh, to be in the room for my second time. Absolutely. And I got you the tickets because you're a friend, but also the fact that, this was a tough ceremony to get tickets to because I remember texting you and other people because it, what we have to remember is like Barclay Center and even um, the one in Cleveland last year, mm -hmm. they're like 15,000 seat arenas, yeah. 20,000. So it's really easy to get tickets, even though the prices were way more expensive for Cleveland, like it was shocking. Like I had near floor seats. I'll show you after we record. It, like as close to the like the floor as possible. Uh -huh. You could see the actual industry people, um, and it was like two fifty. We, me and Josh, who uh, Josh, Josh Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, we went last year, and we um, had like nosebleeds, and they were like I think ninety, I think. But then it went to like five hundred. Yeah. So it doubled, and to me, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or the demand or whatever it is, or Cleveland needs money because you know they're like the orphan city compared to L.A. and New York. But yeah. it's just one of those things where like the prices have been so lopsided because mm -hmm. even like this year, like it was 
like I always put like two fifty. I don't know about you. There's always a price limit for me, and to me, it's two fifty. I mean, two fifty is. I'm not kidding. That's usually like what my cap is too on something, and right. I never want to go that high. Like I never want to. But I'm like, and it's got to be like, you know, it's got to be someone really big. See, I did that for 2019 when I first went because of Roxy Music and uh-huh. The Cure. Because I was like, Roxy Music is. They may not ever do it again. Now, of course, they toured. Yeah, they toured. And I'm like, ah, oh, goddamn, You damn bastards. It. <laughs> damn it, Brian Ferry and company. But, yeah. like, you just don't know. And that's the special thing about these ceremonies is, like, on sa- Saturday, we're going to see uh, Dave Stewart and Annie Lennox. They haven't performed really much in the last no, three decades no. or so. So you don't know if that's the last time. And sometimes that is the last time a lot of these bands get yeah. together or kickstarts another album or a tour. So it's one of those things <laughs> where it's really, really, um, I think, important to go to these ceremonies. And that's yeah. why I really hope that artists who could attend do it really for the fans because yeah. that's who it's for. Exactly. So like when Peter Cetera didn't show up with Chicago, what a dick. Oh. What a dick. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, he could go like, like there's no reason. Yeah, it's like, not like Carly Simon, like, cause she's not going to be there on Saturday. Cause, yeah, cause I, her sister, two of her sisters both just passed right. and Carly has, she uh, stage fright. She doesn't like to perform. Right. And she's, she's, she's an older woman. She doesn't need to do it. Let her walk barefoot around Martha's Vineyard Even and live her life. Linda Ronstadt from 2014, right. where she has health issues. Yeah. And they had, I think, one of the best performances where they had that melody of all yeah. of Linda Ronstadt songs. But uh, like with Carly, like I give them a pass because there's something that is preventing them from doing that. Yeah. But if you're just doing that just to say, oh, I don't like the members of the band. It's like, yeah, I mean, look, come on. Look, Steve Perry showed up. Right. And he didn't perform, but he stayed there while they performed with their new singer. If Steve Perry wanted to perform, they would have performed with him. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, that was like a weird thing because I'm like, well, he's like, I'm not the singer anymore. This guy is. And it'll be weird if I sing maybe. And plus, I don't think he could sing. And Bunny and Carlos, like you mentioned, the cheap trick, like they can't stand each other. That's the last. And again, (laughs) I'm so glad I was there because they're never going to play with Bunny again. That was it. And they did it and they were I thought they were the best of the night. I really thought they killed it that night because it's all four original members. Absolutely. Like, look, in Chicago was then second best. Had had they had all the original members there, including Peter Cetera, it would have been a tie. I think they would have headlined because yeah. in terms of like record sales yeah. and probably notable songs are like... Absolutely. Chicago. Absolutely. I mean, I love Cheap Shrek too. Right, but they don't have the hits that Chicago has. It's a fact. Right. And that was a weird year because it just seemed like, because like Richie uh, Blackmore didn't go with a Deep Purple. It was just like, yeah. it, it, even you saw like years later, like you saw like Mark Knopfler with Dire Straits, which, oh my God, that could be a whole episode of like the, no, because the, the, is, is, the thing is, is Pat, I'm just going to go on a rant for a sec, is that out of 19 artists that were nominated for 2018. And, and by the way, the show's not about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we're, we'll get to the show. Yeah. Go ahead. But like they had a ballot of 19 artists and a thousand peers voted. Mm. Half of them voted for Dire Straits out of only five because usually yeah. they go with six, but sometimes seven or whatever it is. No one could friggin' induct <laughs> Dire Straits. I know Mark Knopfler is sort of the band in many ways, and I like Dire Straits. Yeah. But it's like, they did them so dirty and so raw, yeah. too. It's like, come on. Like, just, like, have um, someone who advocated for them on the committee give the speech. It's not going to be very long. Right. But it's like, 
I don't know. I just that's why, like, in many ways, the last few years, they've done a better job of kind of rekindling these bands like to help, you know, because it's for the fans at the end of the day. Yeah. These these concerts are for the fans. Yeah. And like, you know, especially when ones have passed or there's ailments that happen that they can't control, that they can't go there. Yeah. Or situations at least they're making the effort and like Carly for example like go back to Carly Simon she wouldn't I didn't think she would go anyway yeah but I mean the fact that she will do a pre-recorded video and there'll be apparently because I kind of broke this on Twitter was because I found this was uh, Olivia Rodrigo and Alaska Morissette are gonna do a you're so vain that'll be amazing it'll be amazing because you know you could see that lineage yes um, from Carly to Alanis or and even Olivia Rodrigo, you can yeah. kind of see that trajectory. But I'm just really happy that I feel like they're trying to work better with the artists because I think that's sort of the problem that they've had with a lot of bands. Yeah. And if you notice, they're going more solo, and I think they're going more solo because it's less drama. It's less drama. Do you think um, KK Downing is going to perform with Judas Priest? I think he is actually. If I'm not, if I think right. I read it, I that'll, think I read that. That'll be great. I mean, because there's some animosity there, big time. But KK left the band, so just chill out, KK. Because um, if you think about it, Pat, there's only really solo artists besides really Duran Duran and Eurythmics. and Eurythmics, which is like a duo. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I would be shocked if there's not a Eurythmics theater tour next summer. Oh, there has to be. I would there, think there has to be. I mean. But that's the thing about this. If there never, if there isn't, or there never is, we're going to see those two perform. Absolutely, and I think they get along really well. We yeah, talked about not, this on no, our episode. Yeah, there's no. I mean, when I interviewed Dave Stewart, he he talked about. I mean, they're just they're they're friends. You know, they just. I think they in their hearts they say, "Well, we could keep making music, but people aren't buying our music." I think they know it, so let's just do whatever. And I you know think I mean? their priorities are different or yeah. like what they want to focus on. Yeah. Like he wanted to be more of like behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think she wanted to still be a performer after the rhythmic. So right. it's one of those things where I, I think like people want to make up these narratives, be like, oh, like they're just not going to do this and that. And like, I think they like each other. They just, yeah, they don't. It's a completely different thing from, I don't know, Chicago. It's like a clean divorce in many ways. Like they where it's like, you kind of like need that, but then you come back right. and I don't know, but like. I, that's why I think in many ways they're going with solo acts because it's less of a headache. Like yeah. if someone doesn't come, for example, that solo acts, okay, you just like Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Okay. But so, he did, but he's he's Todd. He uh, for me he's like the original independent artist. Right. Like he's never worked within the system ever. I, I will say though, Pat, because I was in the room with Josh and mm-hmm. among other friends. I have never seen a mass exodus for the bathrooms or uh, the beverages or when, anything when his video packaging, because everyone knew that he was in, I think, Cincinnati that night. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you if know, he doesn't care, why should the audience care? Bingo. And yeah. that's what I, I we, we all did that because we we're I, I've just never seen that. And I think maybe the Go-Go's were next, but everyone like raced back. Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> it was just one of those things where I forgot who was after that, but it was just like. It was like the cure too that mm-hmm. happened with the cure because they had that bullshit singles category, um, right? A little Steven had, and then I like raced when the cure came back <laughs> for 2019. Um, but um, so, but at least it seems like the artists are this year at least they're more or less working with the hall. Like, right. you, like you know, Lionel Richie's gonna be there, of course. You know that um, 
like Duran Duran's going to be there and Eminem. Yeah, it's like, going to be crazy. I mean, they haven't really announced in terms of like what's going on or who's going to be there. I don't want to know. I but I don't want to know either. I don't want to know anything about it. Now, tonight, you and I are seeing a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. Yes, we are. We are going to see Belinda Carlisle solo. Right. Let me tell you about this. I, I've had I've had free tickets for uh, I don't know. I asked for free tickets a long time ago, and then they came through like two weeks ago. So I asked my friend Mike Schmidt to go. Okay. Right. So last night I confirmed everything with him, and then uh, I was I went into the bedroom and I said to Pilar, I go, I go, I, w- I go, I wish, I wish I wouldn't have asked Mike to go to this two weeks ago. I said because I think Nick would really enjoy this. And she's like, yeah, that's a bummer, right? I go, yeah. So today at six in the morning, I get a text from Mike Schmidt. And he says, here's exactly what he says. I could, well, I could read it, but I just paraphrase. He goes, dude, I don't want to pull a Murray on you because Murray's the one that always cancels on this. He says, but the Phillies are in the World Series and I got to watch the game, so I can't go. And I read that and I was like, not great, but I was like, perfect. Not great, but it was perfect. I'm like, now I can ask Nick. And I told Pilar that, and she said, that works out perfectly. I'm like, yes. So there you are. Yes, thank you. There you are. It was so funny, because I was on the plane, and I got your message in in between my layover. I'm like an an immature baby when it comes to texting. Like, if I don't immediately get a response, I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) No worries. So go ahead, so go ahead. But it was funny, because I saw it, I was like, oh, great. And then uh, one of my other friends who um, uh, are sharing a room with um, here, I asked him if he wanted to go, so I just got him a ticket. Mm -hmm. So, And by the way, the StubHub... (laughs) transfer ticket uh-huh. was 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 terrible at first it didn't open it was like a dead link mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking like did i get ripped off but then apparently their site was down i don't know it was it was well, this whole yeah. big to do but a i mess. got the ticket though so that's all, all right counts. cool and do me a favor take your phone and just set it on that couch because sometimes it reacts with the mics oh, i don't does. know why oh sorry you're good um all right so here we are right the episode is country music this is a patreon episode So this is when we're going to hear the intros of all the people you know and all the people I know and a lot of new voices today, which is exciting. Now, if any time during the show, if you think of a country song, you can call it out and I'll find it in the iTunes store and we'll play a little bit of that. So I don't want you to think that you're just out of the loop totally. But you did not send an intro in for this episode. No, I didn't. (laughs) All right. That's okay. Now, earlier in the show, you mentioned our friend Josh Fitzgerald. Right. Josh sent a song in like it was like a week after the episode had already dropped. He sent a song and an intro in for the songs that stop and start again episode. So since he did that, I'm going to I'm going to play it because he did the work. He was just a week late. I'm not talking a week late like by my deadline on the Patreon page. The episode had already dropped. And he's a teacher. Nope, get it. We, we like you, Josh. <laughs> Whoa, that's not. Oh, that's still kiss playing. Detroit Rock City. All right. So here's Josh's intro for songs that stop and start again. And if you listen to that episode, uh, you know that some people drop the ball big time. Terrible. All right. Here we go. Josh Fitz, Josh, Josh Fitzgerald. It's a lot. Hey, all. It's Josh Fitzgerald. Um, hold on to your hats because I'm about to hit you with one of the best forgotten rock jams of the 80s. Um, it's Anybody who knows me knows how obsessed I am with this song. And um, it's by the great Melissa Manchester, of all people. And it's 
Easily the best song she ever recorded by a country mile. And nobody remembers it. Um, It came out as a single in 85 and completely bombed for some reason because the song is a top shelf banger. Um, (laughs) It's called Energy. And I was really excited when the song fit this category and I knew I wanted to share it with everybody. So um, I put in the time code where the music stops and leads into the chorus. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Love you all and talk later. All right. Bring me back to life way of breaking through I'll find a way to get to you I can hear the rockets lifting All right. I don't know if it, it was more of a pause for me, Josh, than a complete stop. And had we played that when Murray was here and we were in our um, most crankiest of moods, we, we would probably uh, take you to task a little bit. But uh, since I'm going to tell you what, since in your intro, you said by a country mile and we're doing an episode uh, about country music, uh, I'll give you a thumbs up. What did you think of that song? Do you know that song? He's talked to me about that song. <laughs> In the past, yes, it is a really good song. It's very underrated. He loves it. He does. <laughs> it's his jam, as they say, as the kids say. All right. Do you like country music? I do. We did an entire episode from my podcast on that. And who's your uh, who are your top three favorite country artists? Let me guess, Dolly. Oh, of course, you oh, gotta look. We're gonna see Dolly Parton. Of course, you gotta see. Like it's kind of like Mother Teresa. You got to love Dolly Parton. Like if you don't like, it's like what's wrong with you. I don't know anyone that doesn't like Dolly Parton. I know, like, uh, like it doesn't matter where you fall politically or anything. It seems like everybody loves Dolly Parton. It, yeah, she's she's iconic. Um, My parents have probably only seen less than five concerts in their life, and one was um, Rosie O'Donnell opening for Dolly Parton. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So, who are your top three? Hank Williams has to be one because right, he's that. like pretty much junior. Like, oh, the third senior. Senior. Okay, <laughs> Hank course. Williams senior. And then I would say probably hmm, if I had to pick someone else, I think Loretta Lynn is one that's well, up there. Yeah, that's because, kind of undeniable too because she's just amazing. And probably George Jones is highly up there. Yeah. Wow, you're naming your main name. It's hard to name three. It is, and I'm trying to think of other ones because there's so many that are are really great um, yeah. from that uh, genre, and that's the one that like I kind of grew to appreciate more later in life because you know when you're younger, you're like eh, country music. Yeah, my parents used to listen to Charlie Pride. Oh, he's great, and uh, he's the Silver Fox, right? Isn't that his nickname? I believe he's the Silver Fox. I think so. And Loretta Lynn, not Loretta. Yeah, Loretta Lynn. Are are rock and peace? Rock and peace. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So they had they had albums by those people. I remember growing up. They didn't oh. have a lot of records, but they did have those. So, all right. Who are my favorite country artists? I don't know. Maybe we'll play some of them today. Uh, our first, uh, this guy, we took this guy to task big time on the last episode. The stop and start again because uh, he dropped the ball totally. His song never stopped. It just kept going and going and going. He knows he fucked up. 
So I'm going to start with him. This is Kyle Hildreth. I'm starting with him because he does a lot of the artwork and he doesn't ask for uh, compensation other than me to bust his balls. So this is Kyle Hildreth and let's see what he's bringing to the party. God, I hope it's good. God, I hope it's country. What if it's not even country? I wouldn't be surprised, Nick. Metal country? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I'm thinking that it might be, yeah, because I'm reading the name of the album is Thrash Grass. I kind of want to listen to that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Kyle Hildreth out in the German-fested woods of Western Mass, and it's the most wonderful time of year when I get a cold and a deep voice. So here we are at the country episode of Rock Solid. I never thought we'd be here, but I guess today is the day. But I like country, so I was going to go with Alabama or maybe Junior Brown. But then I remembered the ass-kicking I took from Pat and Murray last episode. <laughs> so I decided instead to keep the streak going and go a little bit off book. Mm. So back in September, I went to see the, Air, the band Airborne up in Boston with no intentions of watching the opening band. But my daughter convinced me, and we did, and we checked them out, and they were amazing. The band's name is The Native Howl. They're out of Detroit, Michigan, and they play a type of music called thrash grass. That's thrash metal and bluegrass mixed together. Two great go. tastes that go great together. Oh, Jesus Christ. They were amazing musicians, had fun songs, and made two instant fans right on the spot. So here is the Native Howl with Thunderhead. All right, that's country. Yeah. That's going to break bad. All right, still country. Okay. Okay. That's country. That is country. Yeah. That song's called Thunderhead. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that, them saying that. But all right, Kyle, you redeemed yourself. I'll give it to you because it is. Now, Kyle's voice is uh, very deep. I've been coughing into my elbow because I'm getting over a head cold. I hope uh, I took a COVID test uh, yesterday, so I'm good. Well, I was laughing because he said airborne. And I'm thinking maybe he needs airborne, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the virus he caught was airborne. Yeah, Who but knows? but that but that voice that he has lately, it's given him like a, I don't know, like a Leonard Cohen kind of. It's like a sex symbol status. <laughs> That's what I think. All right, let's move along. Let's. Uh, oh, should I play one? I All think right. you should go for it. <sighs> okay. Do you know the artist Colin Ray? Is it Bennett work? No, that's Colin Hay. Oh, okay. I was like thinking. <laughs> no, Colin Ray's a country artist, and he was big like in the late 80s, early to mid 90s. He had a bunch of hits, and some of his songs, they just make me cry. I don't want to cry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some. So this first one's called Little Rock. Are we going to need tissues, Pat? Well, we do have tissues right there, <laughs> so we're good. I'll try not to. Uh the thing that dates this song is his reference of a VCR. Oh, okay. That's definitely going to date the song. But, um, all right. So this it's one of those story songs, too, which I enjoy. I love a story song. 
All right, I'll just drop it in. This is called Little Rock. It's a guy that's he's having some trouble. You'll hear. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Well, I know I disappeared a time or two. And along the way, I lost me and you. I needed a new town for my new start. Selling VCRs in Arkansas at a Walmart. I haven't had a drink in 19 days. My eyes are clear and bright without that haze I like the preacher from the Church of Christ Sorry that I cried when I talked to you last night I think I'm on a roll here in Little Rock I'm solid small problem here in Little Rock Without you Baby, I'm not me I don't know why that song gets me. I mean, it is pretty powerful. Powerful, isn't it? It is. I mean, he did get me at the you know, because your podcast is rock solid, so he does say solid in, <laughs> yes. in the lyrics. But also, yeah, it's like one of those kind of songs like you kind of hear in like the 80s or 90s where it yeah. sort of like tells a story but it's kind of like i haven't had a drink in 19 days oh my gosh yeah kind of like and i don't know I, and, it was and good. Then, you know he's uh and he, he's on a roll here in little rock he's get he's trying to get he's trying to get his life back together so that he can get back with his wife or girlfriend or whoever that is right and uh yeah i don't know why that one gets me i just really it really gets me that's a good song it, it, yeah. it can kind of like what year is that like early 90s um it, this is this is off his greatest hits which came in 97 so i don't know what album it was from i can look it up though just really really interesting although i do have a country song request that i i don't know if you've ever heard okay um and i don't know if i want to say it now but uh have you ever heard the pointer sisters version of of a fairy tale that they wrote that they won a grammy for but they won uh, best country song no i don't think so oh my gosh i think we need to play it for the listeners because oh. i because um i think the running joke with the name that tune rock solid people is that i kind of do love the pointer sisters yeah you're all in you know i i do love i love those girls with all my heart 1994 was the song little rock wow that's when that came out all right, so let me look up the song you're talking about. I'm going to go to the iTunes Music Store yep. and give me the title again. Fairy Tale, just one word. And what's really great about that song, it has a really wonderful backstory. Said they wanted to make a country song because they grew up like they, their household, you know, was very uh, religious. But then they liked rock and roll. They liked country. They liked all these things, and they wanted to make a country song. And they were one of the first black performers to perform at the Grand Ole Opry. And, and that's cool. And they won a Grammy for best country song in 1975. 
Yeah, I remember when they were on uh, variety shows when I was a kid, and you weren't born yet, but um, they would always be dressed in like this 40s garb or 20s or 30s, all this. That yes. was like their thing. That was like the way they, that was their look. Right. They had like this 40s retro chic, especially the yeah. first few albums. And that's actually the kind of. Uh, 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 fairy tale is um, on one of those albums, but it's one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking songs. And if, have you ever heard it, Pat? I haven't. And I, I don't know where iTunes will drop us in at, but you know, you can buy the um, you can Pointer Sisters music is super cheap on iTunes. Like you can get a whole greatest hits here for four ninety nine because they're amazing yeah. and they want to sell it to the people and give them at, and give the people what they want. All right, here we go. Fairy tale. There's no need to explain anymore I tried my best to love you Now I'm walking out the door Never guess this was the Pointer Sisters. Absolutely not. No. And found it's all been just a great big fairy tale. Okay, I'm gonna try to name the Pointer Sisters. I think I can get three of the four. Bonnie. Yes. Ruth. Yep. June. Yep. And then I don't know the fourth. Anita. Anita. Now Anita left the band then, right? Well, uh, she June. Passed. Well, I gotta think for a second. Uh, Bonnie left. Okay. Bon- Bonnie left because they were then they were a trio for a long time. Yeah. So a lot of people forget like in this era there was they were a quartet. Yeah. And quartet. then a lot of like the MTV era or like Fire or Energy it was um, a trio. A trio. But what's really great about that song is that Elvis loved that song so much that he covered the song and it actually wow. made him cry and it it made him remind him of his like terrible childhood or like troubling childhood that he had so yeah i think if like you could make the king of rock and roll kind of like strike a chord with him um i think you're doing something right it's a shame elvis couldn't have gone to little rock and not drank for 19 days maybe he would have still been with us today (laughs) definitely how old would elvis be if he was still alive he'd be in his 80s wouldn't he yeah he would definitely be in his 80s that would be kind of amazing it would have been i mean imagine elvis oh Imagine Elvis doing the videos in the 1980s. It would have been incredible. And even like the country music uh, resurgence in like the 90s with like Garth Brooks and Shania Twain. And um, And Tom Jones did country music for a long time. Absolutely. But to me, the versatility of the Pointer Sisters is incredible. They they couldn't not do anything. They won a Grammy for Fairy Tale, which is like amazing in the 70s. That is amazing. And like they're known for pop and R&B and rock and yeah just they're they're incredible all right moving on this is only our our second song from listeners oh boy here we go this is uh mike markle hi pat and all the rock solid listeners this is mike markle from philadelphia my song is looking out my back door by credence clearwater revival credence is one of my favorite rock bands and they took a hard left in the country music with this song it even name checks buck owens It's a real toe-tapper. Enjoy. I love this song. Oh, me too. So good. 
Another uh, another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame big story when Credence got in and Fogarty refused to play with the other two guys that were still were there. That is just... He played with like an all-star jam band. He's like, I got Bruce Springsteen ducked me. Yeah. And like, I got like the E Street Band. I got like an all-star yeah. lineup. Like, you guys go sit back in your tuxedos at yeah. the Waldorf. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. That was in LA, that ceremony. That, that one was? That was, because 93... 2013 and 2022. Yeah, Nick knows his stuff. Now, I have a John Fogarty story. Oh, I got to hear this. So, uh, three years ago, the concert wife and I, Suzanne Dillingham, we went to see The Who at the Hollywood Bowl because she's friends with the guy that runs one of the cameras during The Who's show. Like oh, really? When you're looking at the big screen, he's one of the guys that's filming. And he does, he does tours with all kinds of bands, but he always works with The Who. So, just this past week, we went to the Hollywood Bowl again. Now, when we went three years ago, our tickets were, they were free and they were, they were good, but we also got to walk the Hollywood Bowl stage before the show. Oh, really? Look at all Pete's guitars up close. We got to eat with the band and the crew. Now, it didn't mean that we sat at the table with Pete Townsend, but he was at the table right next to us. Oh, God. So it was really great. So, cut to this past Monday and... Her friend said, look, I got you tickets, but I don't think they're that good. And he just kept saying this. So I, I don't even know if they're as good as last time. And she's like, oh, that's okay. We just want to be here. Well, we get the tickets and we're in a garden box. They were amazing seats at the Hollywood Bowl. And he came before the show started and he had a big grin on his face. He was just giving her the business the whole time. All right. So the seats were amazing like the seats were so good that you know how you look at the screen a lot during a show i never looked at the screen because i didn't need to because that's how close we were wow so before the show starts the box next to us this woman taps me on the shoulder and she says excuse me could you take our picture and she and she's handing me her phone at the same time she's asking so i said absolutely so i take her phone and i stand up and i go absolutely not and then she laughed, and uh, so I hold up the camera to take a picture of her whole group in the box. It's John Fogarty and his family. Oh my God, really? So I look in the camera, and I'm like, that's John Fogarty. <laughs> and I'm, so I took a bunch of pictures, and then I handed the phone to her, and I said, uh, I said, check them to make sure they're okay. And she looks, she goes, oh my God, these are great. And uh, I was like, so I sit down, and I text Suzanne, who's behind me in the box, and I say, John Fogarty's to your left. Oh my God. Yeah. That's like a, a legend. And it was, I know. And he's, um, he's just, he's just sitting there, had a baseball hat on. And then I went to his Instagram page the next day. Cause I thought, cause I think this woman was probably like an assistant or a handler. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I wonder if she's going to post that picture on Instagram because if she does, I can comment. I took that picture. So I go to Instagram and there's a picture of him and Pete Townsend from October 28th, like three days before the show. They did like a benefit at someone's house in Beverly Hills to raise money for, you know, something great, kids cancer or something. But it was like, 
Fogarty and Pete Townsend and Eddie Vedder and, and like three other huge names, a person's, you know, obviously a, a millionaire's house in Beverly Hills raising money. But I was like, oh, so that's why he was at the show. Pete said, you got to bring the family to the show and got him those tickets, I'm sure. Wow. So that's all stuff that I'm putting together in my head. But either way, John Fogarty right there. That's that's amazing. It was crazy. And I will say about Fogarty, it's astounding to me like in like a five-year period all those classic songs mm -hmm. and with CCR, it's just, I think it's one of the most impressive bodies work in terms of just the short span that it was. The short span and how many hits and I mean. And they're still widely heard and yeah. like iconic. Like, and it's like, I don't know about you, like no one ever says their favorite CCR song twice. Like everyone has their own yeah. sort of songs. It's like the who is another perfect example yeah. where it's like, Everyone, it's not like everyone just says like, "Oh, it's just my generation," yeah. or "Won't get fooled again." It's like, you know, it's everything. It's it's amazing. Also, by the way, um, in the past, uh, I don't know, the past five or six years when I would go see the Who, because I never miss them, because I always say this: the tickets are still reasonable for the Who. Like they haven't outpriced their fans the way the Stones seem to do. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's or, ridiculous. Or Springsteen. Yeah, oh. it's ridiculous. Yeah. So. Um, so the past five, seven to eight years when I've seen them, it's been taking Roger like four or five songs to get warmed up. It really does. This past week, he hit it out of the park from the first note of the first song. Wow. He was so good. And everyone that I know that's been seeing them, like Amy Lehman and Tom Neuerberg and Mike Wiles, we've all said, Roger is amazing on this tour. Like, it's crazy it was actually astounding to me how great his voice sounded. Well, he—he's uh, just—he is one of the greatest singers, like Bardon, mm -hmm. and I think it's amazing that he could still perform at that level. Yeah, yeah. it's I, crazy. Is he eighty or like near? He's like 80? seventy-eight or seventy-nine. That's so, like, yeah, amazing though. It is. All right, moving on. Uh, this gentleman has not participated in one of these episodes for a long, long time, but he's a big country music fan. So let's hear what Joe Reynolds is bringing to the party. Ah, yes. Hi everyone, Joe Reynolds from Philly here. When the topic of country music was announced, how could I not include the king of country music, George Strait? 61 number one country singles, 120 million records sold worldwide. Strait is the only artist in the history of music to have a top 10 hit every year mm -hmm. for 30 consecutive years. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. He's third only to Elvis and the Beatles with the most gold and platinum albums in the history of music. Here's his number one hit from 1996, Blue Clear Sky. You swear you've had enough You're ready to give up On that little lie they call love Then out of the blue clear sky Falling right into your hand like rain on the desert sand It's the last thing you had planned Then out of the blue clear sky Here she comes a-walking, talking true love George Strait is a very handsome gentleman. He also has the worst 
album covers in the history of albums absolutely for someone that's such a high oh quality artist in terms of like songwriting because joe is absolutely yes right. joe is right on point and like george Strait is just one of the the greatest like i would say artists like then they even he kind of transcends country yeah. almost but god some of those like oh like album covers like i did for album of the day the rock solid um twitter thing i did oceanfront pro- uh, property mm-hmm. it's just like it's sold like let's say six or seven million but like you would think like it, they'd spent like five dollars to make it the it's art terrible. direction is terrible i mean it's just it's so bad but I feel like that's the a, fonts are bad. The photo, everything's bad. That seems like a country music thing because if you look at a lot of the album mm-hmm. covers, like even beyond George Strait, like I can't think of any offhand. They don't put any effort into those no, album covers. No, I hate when an album title doesn't go along with what the imagery is. Like I like it to be, you know what I mean. Well, I hate when like country like albums like and i'll just say oceanfront property because yeah. i look thinking of that right now it's like there's nothing that like signifies what it is it's just him right. in like the desert like there's not, there's no context yeah. it's just like oh george looks good like with his truck or horse or whatever it is yeah even though i'm probably even though joe reynolds is probably yelling at me because he's like that's not the cover <laughs> but you know uh <laughs> right but uh yeah i don't know why they don't put any i don't effort. know why either it's like amateur hour but you know what it is too pat i think because country music of all the genres is the most consistent seller like i think it's so it doesn't matter so it almost doesn't matter it's almost like mm-hmm. a second thought or an yeah. afterthought to these to them because they're like they're gonna sell yeah however many just on name or um however it's because they are the most loyal fan base yeah. by a mile like it, the garth brooks album covers aren't great either but they're way better than the george Strait ones for some reason yeah i don't know like george needed a new art direct director or album designer or yeah. i don't know like, something it was it's crazy because it, the songs are like really excellent mm-hmm. that he made um but yeah he's like the king of, of what the, the modern king of country yeah all right nick strap yourself in for the cutest intro of the entire show oh my god i'm not even joking here we go Hey, Pat and Rock Solid listeners, this is Brian Raisin in Appleton, Wisconsin. I had a tough time narrowing down just one country song this week, so I turned to the house experts. Girls, who is your favorite country artist? Taylor Swift. Yes. And what is your favorite Taylor Swift song right now? Stay, stay, stay. Right. Off the album Red, Taylor's version that came out last year, this song lands right at the crossroads of Country Taylor and Pop Taylor. Hope you all enjoy and take care. Bye bye. <laughs> Said we should talk about it. Cause I read you should never leave a fight unresolved. That's when you came in wearing a football helmet and said, okay, let's talk. And I said, stay, stay, stay. I'll just add that Red is still my favorite Taylor Swift album because Absolutely. I think it hits right in the middle, like Brian was saying, of pop Taylor and country Taylor. It's right. It's got everything. Um, 
it's got everything. I just love it. I love that album. Yeah. And I was in my undergrad years when that came out. And I just, I think it's the perfect complement of her um, really unique songwriting skills, mm-hmm. but also kind of veering more out of the country realm and going more into like, I would not even pop, but just like whatever direction she wants to go in. Right. And she's that talented. And um, I, I love that album. And I think she's amazing. And a fun fact, Pat, is that I was born the same week as Taylor Swift. It was like three days apart. Yeah, uh, nineteen eighty nine. Yes. All right. So, so you're like the I, same age as Kyle then too. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's one of those things where um I, I always laugh at that because like when the album nineteen eighty nine came out, I was mm-hmm. like oh like, yay that's Mavis for me. me yeah that's for me <laughs> but um no that's a great song that's that is I think her best overall album I think so too I mean look people you know folklore you know is great of course there's been other great albums she has many many great albums she's amazing but yeah that one for me is just it's right up there and that's a perfect album cover because mm-hmm. in the red it's the lipstick. You know, it's just, there's something red. Like if, if it didn't have any red on the album, I'd be like, well, that's kind of strange. Right. But it's perfect. And she's so much like, for someone who's so young, she's just so light years ahead in terms of her intelligence and business strategy. And, and I mean, amazing. I mean, marketing, I mean, everything. Hey, George Strait called Taylor's people. <laughs> Come on. Maybe you'll sell some records then. <laughs> uh, okay. This is really old school here. This one. This is one of the classics, classic artists. I I don't know this song, but here we go. Hey, Pat and rock solid listeners. This is Chris Wigginton from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm sure it comes as no surprise that I, among your other Alabama listeners, will probably participate in the country music episode. Um, While my rock listening habits were influenced by my uncle, uh, my parents influenced my country listening habits but uh, one artist in particular stood out to me among all the others that they listened to and that was Waylon Jennings Uh, and this particular song to me is uh, one of my favorites of his uh, among many others Uh, and, and particularly I was always drawn to the outlaw country genre of country music more so than the slicker produced country songs of the I guess mid to late 70s and early 80s but uh, the song I've chosen for today is are you sure Hank done it this way to me this is this is one of the best uh, and I just I love the the sound and the feel of it And so you can start it at the beginning and let it play for as long as you like. And I hope you and the listeners enjoy it. Thanks. Lord, it's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. Look at 
That's country. Oh, definitely. A country legend singing about a country legend. Love Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Good job. Like the opposite of George Strait. <laughs> like George Strait is like the most clean cut right. guy. Absolutely. I think it's it's almost like a 180 from yeah. uh, what we heard before George Strait. Yeah. But Waylon, you know, he's one of the front runners of the outlaw country music. It's yeah. just incredible. Like George Strait looks like the, the preacher that you don't want to leave your kids alone with. He kind of does look like a villain now that I think about it. But, but, but you are amazing, George. Yeah, yeah. Very good, George. Very good. Get some artwork done for this next album. I, even if it was just a cowboy hat by itself or just a belt buckle. But it just, I don't know what they're doing. Go, you got to go. Just Google George Strait album covers. You're just going to laugh your ass off. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. All right, let's get a, let's get a female voice in here. Ooh. Here we go. Hey y'all, it's Beth Kimmett. Um, I'm not much of a country music person, so finding a song for this episode was kind of hard. But the song I chose is called Charleston Girl by Tyler Childers, which is the most difficult combination of words to speak out loud. (laughs) Um, I don't know anything about this song or this artist. The song was shown to me by my brother and I really liked it. So I hope everyone else really likes it too. Charleston girl in a darkened room And you don't know her like I do We took the fire escape to her room And got stone raging blind Left my money in the trusting hands Of them old steel brothers in thrash grass band One day I'm gonna drive up there And give them half my mind That makes her sound like her jaw is broke She's working hard to make some sense But she ain't got a dime I wish to God that I could help her out I wish I knew what she was talking about I wish to God that I could get away But I'm way too drunk to drive I never heard of him, but no. I like the the vocals with the arrangements. Yeah, the, really, really Lyri- good. Lyrics are a little bit darker. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like take it back a little. I was like, yeah. wow, Beth, you nailed it again with your intro. I mean, from the jump when you said y'all, perfect, perfect. Where was uh, did I have another song in here that did I not make it into my list? My girl Mary Chapin Carpenter. Where'd that go? Oh, here it is. Uh, I could have chosen many Mary Chapin Carpenter songs. Oh, yeah. And I still can't believe that I haven't been able to get her on the show. I've asked so many times, and I just don't under- I don't understand it. Who's beating down the door to talk to Mary Chapin Carpenter? I know she doesn't do a lot of interviews, from what I remember. She does it from her house. Turn on the Zoom. I know. Take a seat. Come Even on. during the lockdown, she was performing like one live song a day from like her kitchen and she'd put it up on Facebook and stuff. And that's when I reached out big time. I'm like, hey, we're in lockdown. Let's. She had a brand new album come out like two years ago that no one knows about. Really? I mean, I'm just, I don't, there's like, there's like three or four people that I always try to get. It's Suzanne Vega, Mary Chapin Carpenter, um, uh, Edie Brickell, and I just don't, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. But here's a song. I could have chosen any of the bigger songs, but I went with this one, What Would You Say to Me? Because it's got a nice country feel. It's from 2004 from the album Between Here and Gone. So this is one from me. so strong very strong and also she's so underrated like she's really underrated for someone that sold like multi-platinum albums like in her prime like in that late 80s early yeah. 90s like i never hear her get talked about it enough no. and she's she's the songwriter too she writes these songs yeah she's a great um like singer songwriter and in great her guitar writing. i mean it's i don't understand it either i just don't get it i don't get it either because she is really great yeah. like what i can't think of the album the 92 one but that's like come on come on yes yeah that's it, a that's, great album yeah just that one alone but yeah like that was like the breakthrough album right but the three that came before that are terrific so like when i bought that one i was like who's this and then i went back and i was like wow, wow. great stuff yeah all right here's another and you keep thinking of songs you can throw one out again here or whenever you want oh you got one oh, now? i got one for you let's so, do Th let's do thomas first sure let's do thomas wallace and then, and then we'll do you. I don't know why I did it like that. Why did I cut you off? I don't know. Here we go. Hey, Pat and all you rock solid listeners out there. This is Thomas Wallace from Florence, Alabama, with my submission for the country Patreon episode. Okay, that 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 is coming from Thomas's uh, mic. That wind that you hear. Yes, he might be outside. All right. I joked with Pat last week that I'd narrowed my choice down to three songs: one that makes me cry, one that would make him cry. And one that I think everyone will appreciate the lyrics to, even if you don't like country music. They're all by singer-songwriter B.J. Barham and his band American Aquarium. The one that makes me cry is a better South, especially when he sings about old men still defending monuments to treason. Whew. The one that would make Pat cry is The Little Things, which is a song about the songwriter's daughter. But this show is not about Pat or about me. <laughs> it isn't? It's about all of us. So I've chosen All I Needed from the latest album, Chickamacomico. It's about what BJ calls the transformative power of a song. Pat, just kick it off right at the beginning. 
And as always, thank you for letting us contribute to these episodes. I turn the radio on Out come a song I didn't recognize I like this The way the singer was singing My heart was connected I was hypnotized How can something that I've never heard in my life Pull me back into the light It's a time It's a place I don't want to turn it off. This was released in 2022. I'm going to buy this. Yeah, I actually saw them in my undergrad years because what? they were from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I my undergrad, I went to North Carolina State and I saw the, them, I think, in... 2011 were they good they were wow i because i had to think about it for a second because like that name stood out to me and as soon as he said that i was like oh yeah i did see them in my uh undergrad years but no they're they're very good live all right what song do you have for us oh okay so my album of the day today was code of many colors but yes. probably pardon because she's getting inducted that's rock my hall. dad's favorite song Code of Many Colors. It's such a beautiful song on so many levels. Yeah, it is. But the song that I'm going to recommend is, I think, one of her most underrated is The Bargain Store, which, um, have you ever heard that one, Pat? Um, I have not heard The Bargain Store, but I'm going to tell you what, it's on our list today. Oh, it is? So, so I'm going to play that intro, and then the song will come from both of you. Oh, wow. Great yeah. to think alike. <laughs> yep. Wait a And you know this guy. Let me find it. I got to scroll. Okay, here we go. This is so cool. I like when stuff like this happens. Here we go. Hello, Pat and Rock Solid listeners. Very excited for the country theme show. Yes. I grew up with a lot of classic country playing in my house, and it's still my favorite. Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, and so on. But I have to go with my queen, Dolly Parton. Just an amazing woman who's done so much for music, literacy, and even health. I'm going with the melancholy, almost eerie-sounding bargain store from 1975. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> It is eerie. My life is likened to a bargain store And I may have just what you're looking for If you don't mind the fact that all the merchandise is used But with a little mending it could be as good as new Why you take, for instance, this old broken heart If you will just replace the missing parts You would be surprised to find how good it really is Take it and you never will be sorry that you did The bargain store is open, come inside sexual too oh it is it's crazy yeah all right now let me say this because nick and i both knew who that guy was but he didn't give his name in his intro that was john mutford from yellow knife canada john 
Great intro, great song. Don't forget to introduce yourself, people. Absolutely, and I'm really good friends with Budford, and yeah. we did not. I did not know that he was. Isn't that say, wild? How cool is that? Store? That's crazy. Wow. Again, I love. That's why you guys are friends because you guys know like the same the eerie, sexy Dolly Parton music. We settled for a bargain too. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, and the Who settles for a bargain also. They call it a bargain, the best they ever had. Um, what do we got here next? Oh, here's a dude. Here's a guy, Craig Trumbly. Do I know this song? No, I don't think I knew this song. I like hearing this music that I that I've never heard of. This is why I like these episodes the most because it introduces me to a lot of stuff that that I have never heard before. Because there's so much music. There's too much, too much music. Stop making music, people. Hey, Pat, Craig Trombley from Ontario, Canada. Uh, one of my favorite bands, the Sadies, they're primarily a rock band, but they do delve into country uh, a fair bit. Uh, the two brothers that front the band come from a big family of country and bluegrass musicians, so they come by it pretty honestly. Um, on this track, uh, Dallas Good is, is taking the lead vocal. Uh, sadly, he passed away this year, um, unexpectedly, uh, age 49, so rock and peace Dallas Good. Uh, but you also hear him playing uh, what sounds like a pedal steel or a lap steel guitar. It's actually a, a Telecaster, um, but it's got a B-bender mechanism in it. That's a mechanical linkage between the front strap pin, goes through the body of the guitar, connects to your B-string. Um, and when you push down in the neck, it, it bends that B-string up a full step. Um, it's kind of guitar nerd stuff, I know, but uh, it's also kind of cool. I don't know what he's talking uh, about. This song's called God Bless the Infidels, and it is the Sadies. Thanks. with a fiddle that's country oh yes craig when you described that guitar thing you could have been telling me how to do open heart surgery i had no idea what <laughs> what he was saying um i'm gonna play another colin ray song because of uh a line in that song said something about jesus coming back mm -hmm. so this song by colin ray this is from 1995 and this is called what if jesus comes back like that and you know me nick i'm very religious i'm uh born and raised baptist no that song's still playing not true at all uh but for some reason this 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 song hits a chord with me and uh you know and when you hear you know well i'll just play it why do i try to explain it let the let the music do the talking colin ray what if jesus came back like that here we go Came to town on a no-freight train He jumped off in the pouring rain 
Everybody's saying he's insane Just a low-down, no-account hobo He made his bed neath the county bridge The city folks said, hey, that's not his They signed a petition, they're gonna get rid of that low-down, no-account white trash What if Jesus comes back like that on an old freight train in a hobo hat? Will we let him in a turn? comes back like that oh what if jesus comes back like that i think that's a good message and i think i love that you ended on a question too yeah like, so it makes us think as the listeners um and so every every um every verse is about like the next one's about a crack baby that no one wants and and it's like then it's what if jesus came back like that Right. You know, so when you see, you know, people that you, you know, they got a petition to get this, to get this hobo, as the song says, living under a bridge, they get, the town gets a position, petition to get them, you know, out of there. I mean, it's, you know, the homeless situation in LA is crazy, but I don't, you know, I don't want people kicked out. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's just like, you got to have some humanity. Yeah. And it's like how... Where, where are the Christians when they're trying to, when they're doing stuff like this? Absolutely. This song, yeah, this song yeah, hit hit a chord with me, so. I also like to, like, it kind of starts kind of slow, then has that bombastic, like, yeah. where it gets into the chorus. And I'll, I'll be, admit to you, I am a sucker for that. <laughs> yeah, I am a sucker for that, too. Because it's like, oh, now we're getting to, like, the good stuff. Like, when, yeah, like, all the, or, or, um, the other instruments come into play. Yeah, it's just like, boom, it hits you. It's like, woo. All right, now what's a guy from another country going to do for a country episode? Let's find out. Let's see. This is our friend Ian Beresford. Oh, okay. Hello, Pat and the Rock Solid listeners. This is Ian Beresford from Berwick-upon-Tweed, Northumberland, England. For this month's Patreon-created episode, Country Music, I'd like to pick the song Cruise by Florida Georgia Line. I'm actually a bit of a secret country fan. I've been to Nashville four times. Uh, wow. Growing up, my parents used to play lots of the old classic country, like Johnny Cash, Don Williams, Glenn Campbell, Frankie Lane, and so on. So uh, I quite like that style of music. I actually saw Florida Georgia Line in Glasgow uh, a few years back as part of the Country to Country Festival they hold in the UK now. And somewhat surprisingly, I would probably say that the loudest... Uh, act on stage I've ever heard. Now, I've seen the likes of Kiss, ACDC, Iron Maiden, Skid Row, Motley Crue, and so on, but the the bass speakers that they had for that show was just unbelievable. Uh, I think my ears are still ringing. So it's it's a great song. It's a real kind of mixture of sort of modern and uh, classic country. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys the song, and thanks again, Pat, for all your content. Speak soon. Bye for now. Singing Marshall Tucker, we were falling in love in 
a sweetheart of summer She hopped right up into the cab of my truck And said, fire it up, let's go get this thing stuck Baby, a song you make me want to roll my windows down I love it This was a huge, huge, huge hit in 10 years ago 2012. Wow. This I, was like, I never heard it because it's not in my wheelhouse. It was a number two pop hit. Wow. How do you know this stuff? It was huge because like I remember. Would you bet money uh, that that's a fact that is number? Do you know it's for a fact it's number two? I think it was number two if I'm not mistaken. I don't know how you know this stuff. I I, I don't know either sometimes. Pat. Were you a, were you a great student? Like could you read a textbook and then and then know what you read? Or is this just music? <laughs> it's history. Uh, well, my prior love was history and like the arts like film so for me like yeah i just i have like kind of like a weird memory with stuff like that so no that song was like a monster monster hit and i think nelly like who was a rapper yeah he did like they had like a remix version and i think that's what made it even okay bigger um but that's a good song a an artist that i like that i'm sure you know of is eric church yeah, I I think he's one of the, and I I think a song that I think would connect with the uh, rock solid listeners is probably Springsteen. That's one of I think his best songs. All right, on uh, Chief, which was like around the same time as um, Florida Georgia Line Screws. Again, you are like an encyclopedia brain. Like when we play on the weekends, we play Name That Tune, and Nick knows like music from from the nineteen hundreds. I mean, like 1900. He knows songs from then, and then he knows songs from 2022. And I just don't know how you know. Like, I think I know a lot about music, but I I don't know what these other people know. You, these you guys are crazy with your knowledge. So, in a nutshell, part of it is is that I run um, projects and I do things that are related to like music history, like rock and roll, mm-hmm. and I always listen to a lot of things, and I just absorb a lot of it because it is kind of weird to know like a coaster song from the 50s Mm -hmm. and then know a britney spears song from 2001 it like it doesn't make sense a britney spears song that isn't even like her you know baby baby and it's it's, you know like everything yeah it's like i don't know like you know new madonna songs I will say I do not know metal well, so I give that to the others, All like right. the prog but, rock and metal. And yet you do know like, some of it, though. Some of it, but like my hand's not quick enough. All right, for that. But like, yeah. But uh, I just like to like listen to different things. Like soul music is probably my favorite genre. But like, if I had to pick one, but uh, no, and pop. I think like there's nothing like a good three minute pop song. Yeah, agree. In, in my opinion. All right, now I I picked my phone up not to be rude, but I. Earlier in the episode, I said that I was going to ask Murray to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm going to ask Christy. Oh. Because she's been there before, and she loves it. Oh. So I'm going to text her, and then we'll see if we get an answer during the show. Cool. And then if Murray listens, he'll know that he was, uh, he got the shiv. Did he not have respond yet? I didn't, ta- I didn't ask him. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Siegel will listen, and then Siegel will tell him. Okay, so... Uh, Okay, I'm texting. I have tickets for this weekend's. I don't want to write it on R and R H O F. I'm curious if she knows just based on that. Oh yeah, show now. Show now. Show now. You wanna 
join me. Now, I'm going to tell everyone that Christy is not a quick uh, answerer. That's not even a word. Replier. Is that a word? Yeah. Well, she does not reply quickly to the text. So let's find out what happens here. Let's find out if, if, um, if uh, tickets to a big event get her to reply quickly. Let's find out. Okay, I'm going to set my phone over there and we're going to play another. This comes from Slash Dog X. Again, I don't know the guy's real name. He's Slash Dog X. That could be his name. <laughs> well, I guess it could be. We've got a Dweezil. We've got a Moon Unit. This could be, this could be his name. Let's find out. Here it comes. Hello, Pat Francis and whichever fine co-host is on this episode. Oh, Slash Dog X here. Last month, I failed with my stop-start submission. I apologize. Thank God Kyle Hildreth did even worse and suffered most of the humorous vitriol. <laughs> In an effort to make sure I do not fail topic compliance again and get another performance review, I'm trying to be very on the nose with this country submission. So if this ain't... Well, I'll let David Allen Coe take it from here. Uh, wait, I don't know what happened there. Something happened with his... Because that there was, a, there was a dip in his clip, wasn't there? There was definitely a dip. All right, let me find out what happened. I'm going to open this uh, in a different program. I don't know what happened there, Slash Dog X. I didn't do anything. I swear to God. I'm standing right here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just appreciative that he called me a fine co-host. Yeah. No, and no, he didn't even listen yet. All right, let me find out when that... Let me see what happened here. The humorous vitriol. In an effort to make sure I do not fail topic compliance again and get another performance review, I'm trying to be very on the nose with this country submission. So if this ain't country, well, I'll let David Allen Coe take it from here. All right. Now that I opened it in, in Sound Studio and played it. So, All right, so here's the song. Where's the song? Now I don't think I have the song here. Oh, no, this is the... Okay. This is terrible podcasting. Horrible. Now our house was a graveyard for automobiles And around the porch was a bunch of old wheels And some used Harley-Davidson parts that we sold for cash There was 50 holes and an old tin roof Me and my family was living proof Everybody called me old poor white trash And if that ain't country, I'll kiss your ass Well, 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 well If that ain't country Pucker up It'll hair lift the Pope If that ain't country It's a damn good joke I've been on the Grand Old Opry And I know Johnny Cash All right. Pucker up. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny he said Johnny Cash because every time I hear David Allen Cole, I think of Johnny Cash. I don't know why, like the vocals. Yeah. It sounds so reminiscent reminiscent of Johnny Cash. All right. So earlier you and I professed our love for Cheap Trick. Of course. And in 2011, Robin Zander released a country album called Countryside Boulevard. Yes. It was literally on iTunes and Amazon for about 11 hours, and then it was pulled off. I bought it because I went on at midnight and immediately got it, because 
not because I thought it would disappear, but because I think I wanted to listen to it the next day on my way to work or whatever I was doing at the time. So this isn't a song for me. This is from Ken Papalardo. Ken picked a song from this album. So let's check it out. Let's check it out. Hello, Pat and Rock Sol listeners. This is Ken Papalardo in Denver, Colorado. Um, I was having a difficult time picking just one country song, since although I would not say country is my go-to genre, there are a lot of great country songs, particularly from icons like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. I also thought I could maybe pick one from country rock Godfather Graham Parsons, but couldn't decide on just one of those either. Then after rereading your episode song selection description, I noticed where you said, or by a rock artist trying their hand at country music, so I decided to go that route instead. Pat, I'm assuming that you have this one, but since it was never officially released, you might not. This is from an album called Countryside Boulevard by your favorite vocalist and mine as well, Robin Zander. Although, as I said, I would, it was never officially released. I was able to get my hands on it, I don't, I don't know, about 10 years ago. This record has some really good songs on it, some more country than others, including a somewhat countrified version of Cheap Tricks Love Comes and also Walking Shoes from his self-titled solo album. I like this one a lot. It's called Say You Will. I hope you do too. Thank you. Yeah, I I liked it. I guess if you don't own this, you can I can send it to you if you want it because I mean it wasn't you know you can't get it you can't get it anymore. Was there so, a reason why? I have no idea. I think it, it was released on the record label that Cheap Trick was with at the time, and then at the last minute, I think there was some contractual thing. I don't know, but it was never released physically, only digitally, and only available for about eleven hours. Wow, not even a full day. Uh, okay, I got some text from Christy. Oh. Uh, in all caps, yes. Oh. Followed by, when I checked, the ticks, ticks, T-I-X, were in the thousands. I didn't pay that, Christy. Yeah, I would certainly hope not. I said, yay, I will call you tomorrow. She said, when is it? Like, she didn't even, she didn't even know when it is, and she said, yes. <laughs> I said, Saturday. She says, great. Wowie, wow, wow. Thank you. What are we supposed to wear? And where is in all caps? And then I put, let's dress up like Eurythmics. That's what I was thinking about. And then she says, oh, Pat. <laughs> all right. You just made two people's days, Nick. And then we will have to, uh, we will have to see you there. Yes. We will uh, 
Nick, come to we're at kiosk number three. Do they sell merch at that? I forget. Oh, of course. Does it have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame logo on it? I bet so. Oh, I definitely. Bet, yeah. They always sell like the shirts and the always. I always personally get the. Um, the I want to get a hot dog. Do they have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hot dog? Well, there's a plenty of... Uh, well, I was going to make a joke, but I'm no. sorry. Oh, I stepped on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I was going to say that there's plenty of dicks so, uh, or, 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 or in the Rock Hall. But, um, there you go. No, but um, no, they sell plenty of things. But the one thing I always recommend buying, personally, is the program every year because you get to see the essays and the um, like illustrations that, that they're always so well well made in my opinion yeah that is that is a good souvenir for sure but for i always sure. get a t-shirt too so i'll probably wear last right. year's ceremony shirt to this year's just ceremony. so people know look check me out like you know maybe i went to this maybe i didn't but you know i'm gonna support the um organization or the foundation this is quite a rock and roll week for me that i wasn't really expecting the who and then and then belinda carlisle and then all these people on Saturday. Well, the Belinda Carlisle uh, concert time was like a surprise today because I didn't know that. But tomorrow I'm going to see the B-52s. And where are they playing? Um, um, in Oakland? Oakland, California? I think so. The U- wh- wh- Where's no, the YouTube? Not- no, wait. Where's the YouTube <laughs> Oh, theater? no, okay. Where's- yeah, you're not. Yeah, Oakland, California is up near San Francisco. Oh, no, I- what am I thinking of? You, in- I know where you're going. You're going to the YouTube theater. The YouTube theater, but what city is that? Uh, Compton. Compton. Okay. I was thinking like, see, as a New Yorker, my California geography is obviously like not. Yeah. Now <laughs> I have, I have not been to the YouTube theater, but I understand cause it's brand new. I understand it's amazing. The sound is great. Everything's great. Are they with someone else? The B-52s? Yeah. So I think, um, the last that I heard that, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band are the opening act. That's going to be terrific. Have you ever seen them? No. Harry Casey. Yeah, I think he lives in North Carolina, I think, too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Like, they're, like, one of my favorite bands, but also I think one of the worst snubs for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that I don't understand why they're not in yet. But uh, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother <laughs> day. Yes, for sure. Uh, moving on, let me ask you this. When you think about this country episode... Who do we know from Name That Tune that best fits this episode? Joe Reynolds is the first one that I would think of. But if it was me... What if you were going to be sweet? Kyle? He knows this country. Tony Greathouse? Oh, Tony! Yes! The, the, uh, he, the, the true Southern gentleman. That, yes, yes. So let's hear from Tony. Not gonna lie to you, I'm kind of bummed you didn't guess Tony. I I honestly am too, because Tony's like the nicest guy, and I'm yeah. also jet lagged. I'm sorry, Tony. That's true. You are. I mean, literally, you landed. You've been just running. Like you haven't really even had a chance to rest. <laughs> I literally. Nor ate will in the you car yeah. get in here. Nor will you rest because then there's there's more stuff tonight. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Are you are you just gonna stay here till the concert? I have no idea. I mean, you you welcome to. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, it's. It's five o'clock now, oh, and I told you to be here at seven. Oh, oh right. So it, will your will your friend just Uber here too? Oh no! So he's gonna go to the venue. Oh, he's gonna meet us at the venue. Mm-hmm. When is he here now? Yeah, he landed like at noonish, but it took him forever because he went to LAX. Okay, and um, he got to the hotel at one thirty. We ate something really quick, mm-hmm. and then 
I had to wait on the Uber ride because I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, he's here. So he's going to actually come from the hotel to, to the venue to the and venue. meet us there. Yeah. And I have his ticket. So. All right. Well, yeah, you, I mean, you're not, I mean, you're not going anywhere. You're, no. you're stuck here. I'm stuck here. You're stuck. But it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I have to shower though. This is bedhead, just comfy sweater, Pat. But you don't have to be involved in that. <laughs> All right. No, no, Tony, no hands involved. Tony Greathouse. Tony Greathouse. Hey, y'all. It's Tony Greathouse in a noise-free environment in East Alabama. And I've got a country accent, and I'm judgy about country music, and a bit of a snob. I'm judging some of you people, but I love you. Anyway, I couldn't decide what to do. This is a big topic. I, I feel like people are looking at my country ass to come up with something. So I decided to pick a song from the day of my birth, August the 8th, 1966, which was David Houston's Almost Persuaded. This song's been covered several times, and one of my favorites is Etta James, but that's a different show. But most famously, George the Possum Jones recorded it. Yep, yep. And if you played it at minute 44 and, and let it play out if possible, you'd get the perfect example of a country music song for right. somebody who's never heard one. All right, let's do it. Pat, I sure appreciate you letting me play along. I enjoy all the rock solid family. That's every one of you. But y'all, be sweet. My conscience aside, then we danced, and she whispered, I need you. Take me away from here and be. My man Then I looked Into her eyes And I saw it The reflection Of my wedding band And I was Almost Persuaded Let strange lips lead me on Almost persuaded But your sweet love made me stop and go Very nice, Tony. Very nice. Very nice. Also, Tony, thank you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Tony Greathouse sent me uh, 20 bucks, and he said, I know you always have to buy songs for these uh, Patreon-curated episodes, so here's 20 bucks. And uh, thank you, Tony. I'm not saying that because you need to do that because the Patreon money, I do filter it back in to the show to mail prizes and all that stuff, but I wanted to give him a thank you because he did do that, so thanks a lot, Tony. I want to move on to a song that couldn't be further from what we just heard. I mean, this one uh, is quite, uh, has some language in it. I'm not going to lie to you. So let me uh, cue it up. Here we go. 
Get the kids out of the room. Hello, Pat. This is Brian Berkey from the Keystone State. My suggestion for the Patreon country music episode is for a band that also hails from the Keystone State, Ween, from the 1996 album 12 Golden Country Greats. The track is called Piss Up a Rope. And warning, there are some objectionable lyrics in this song. Thanks for the podcast. My dinner's on fire while she watches TV And if you ever wondered what it's like to be me She takes all my money and leaves me no smokes Yells at my buddies and insults my folks I'm breaking my back, doing the best that I can She's got time for the dog and none for her man And I know can pass up a rope and you can put on your shoes hit the road get trucking back your bag i don't need the ag underneath you big booty bitch start sucking you ride my ass like a horse in a saddle now you're up shit's creep with a turd for a paddle and i can't cope a piss up a rope what is what is is that a phrase piss up a rope <laughs> never heard that in my life i have never heard it either uh that song's quite catchy uh i don't always go for the the i mean i, I actually never the i don't know why the bitch word isn't i don't i don't like when it's used um comedically like even on saturday Night live like bone yang it seems like that's always the punchline word for him right and i just i don't know i'm just not it's not a word that i ever use i never liked that word either no i don't like i I never refer to women as that word like if if a woman has anyone who has bad behavior now my go-to is jerk Mm -hmm. i i don't care what your sex is you're a jerk you're being a jerk right so but yeah i'm just but uh but that song was interesting fun not southern gentlemen from what i know they are not southern gentlemen <laughs> not at all not at all wow i put this one on the list uh and i i'm gonna play it and then you're gonna tell me if you think it's country okay it's by an artist that could lean country but doesn't really he's known as a rock artist he's from new jersey it's not bon jovi <laughs> here we go First time I crossed out, I was begging, baby, please Take your bedside down on my knees when I crossed Is that is that country or is that just Bruce singing with a twang? I think it's the latter. I think it's Bruce singing with a twang. All right. But I mean, it sounded good. No, you don't have to say that. If you don't think that. <laughs> no, you're, I, you're not going to insult me. No, I like Bruce. All right. No, it's I don't know about country like full on, but it sort of leans it to it, but not I got to be honest, you've offended me. You can piss up a rope. Oh. <laughs> 
Even though I don't know how to do that, so you know. <laughs> Let's get another female voice in here. Oh, good. I like it because we got three female voices, and they're not they're not uh, they're not our regulars. They're they're newbies. So this is fun. Here we go. Hi, Pat and Rock Solid. This is Liz Powers from Oakland, California, with my choice for the country-themed Patreon episode. The song I picked is City Hall by Vienna Tang. For this song to make sense, I need to anchor you in time. It's February of 2004, the end of Bush's first term. I'm in the eighth grade, and my U.S. history teacher has pointed out that I might be onto something when I write an essay calling our country a racist meritocracy. Former San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom directs the county clerk to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, and in a six-week span, 4,000 marriage licenses are issued. This is decried by many as symbolic posturing in the lead-up to the election, but for me, a closeted queer 13-year-old whose middle name is Hope, a symbol to pin my dreams to was exactly what I needed. When I saw her play this song 15 years later at the last concert I attended before the pandemic began, Vienna said that she owed a significant debt to Dolly Parton, and as I sang along with tears in my eyes, I could certainly hear it. I got married this past June to my partner, who I now get to call my wife, and the hope instilled in me by songs like these has helped me to make it here. Thanks to Pat for letting us take part in these episodes, and hope you enjoy City Hall by Vienna Tang. of all thank you for sharing a personal story your middle name's hope your last name is powers and that's a great tune and congratulations on your marriage and just excellent that uh, your whole intro gave me a chill so again thanks for sharing that personal story i like when you guys uh, dig deep and go places i'm not expecting so very cool what'd you think of the song nick it was very good i i enjoyed it and I think it also added because of the personal context. Exactly, exactly, um, for sure. So it helped like elevate it a little for me. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go to our friend from Florida, Mr. Andy Solom. Let's see what he. Now this is funny because Andy's intro he starts with a little he starts with a little country and then and then it, it breaks uh, he breaks out of it very quickly. You'll hear. I thought it was really funny. I'm like, oh yeah, Andy's head. Oh okay, and then he broke out. Okay, here we go. Howdy, rock solid listeners. Andy Solom from Florida here. My track comes from Morgan Wade, a 27-year-old singer-songwriter from Virginia 
who released her debut album in 2021. The lead single is this song, Wilder Days, and I think it has a Sheryl Crow meets Casey Musgraves kind of vibe. Enjoy. That is great. Do you know Morgan Wade? I feel like you would. I f- yes, I know the name, but I don't know the songs. But Andy describing it as a cross between Sheryl Crow and Casey Musgraves is really spot on because I can kind of hear both right. of them. And I love both of them so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that was very um, that, that was very good. I know the name, but just none of her songs. Yeah. He mentioned Sheryl Crow, so I wanted to... Uh, I picked a song from... Cheryl Crow's 2013 album. It's the album when she leaned into country. Like it was, it was billed as a country album. The album was Feels Like Home. I think it's a pretty great album. I love that album. Yeah. I'm a huge Cheryl Crow fan. Yeah, I am too. And uh, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No. So she. And neither um, is Melissa. But I feel like Cheryl Crow, because she's. How do I. I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like because Sheryl Crow is more attractive that sometimes she gets more play or more cred than Melissa Etheridge does. And that's, I know that's a bad way to put it. It doesn't sound good. I think personally with um, Sheryl Crow, who of all the 90s singer songwriters, she's going to get in first. It's going to be her or Alanis. Well, she, yeah, she's going to get in, they're going to get in before Melissa. Right. And yet Melissa, I mean, I've seen Melissa so many times. She can play guitar, like I when I just saw her a couple months a couple months ago. It's a four piece. She's the only guitarist on stage. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. It's drums, bass, keyboard, and her on guitar. Amazing. I think because Cheryl Crow, like we did an episode on her for uh, Rock and Dr- Retrospect, um, and I think a lot of it is like the 70s classic rock era where I think maybe Melissa Etheridge it's more like folk or that so maybe the more that's maybe why Sheryl Crow's music maybe is a little bit more accessible yeah like Sheryl Crow would be more in a category maybe with like Fleetwood Mac is that what you're thinking she inducted Fleetwood Mac oh that's true rock and roll she's tight with uh, Stevie um yeah I mean I'm not saying Melissa should get in before Sheryl Crow oh no Sheryl Crow has they should both get in yeah they should both get in but I but you're right Cheryl's gonna get in before. I mean, that album Threads, I don't know if you heard that album that she yes. her most recent one. Okay, so Pad, look at the back of the album cover or it's like 
I swear to God, it's like two dozen Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, and you like I actually did an episode and I wrote down like all these industry connections. Mm-hmm. It literally filled up two pages. That um, it was ridiculous. That album peters out for me at the end. Like I thought it yeah. was so strong for like nine songs. Like I couldn't believe how strong it was. Right, and then all of a sudden. I didn't like the tail end of it. Yeah, it didn't end as well as it probably yeah. could have. But I'm still like, I applaud her for getting all those musicians. Like, yeah. So many legends. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, everyone. Because it was over a course of several years that they recorded with yeah. different musicians. Um, but Cheryl Crow is just amazing. And I just, I think she's kind of underrated for someone that's like, like, I don't think she gets that artistic, like, do or credit uh, yeah i mean i think both of them reason. are underrated i think melissa she is too and, and and cheryl are very underrated but cheryl can still um i feel like she still gets i don't know maybe not maybe some album sales but i guess not maybe. no she definitely does because even like her greatest hits that came out that sold so many millions yeah. over and i don't know like i think that um it's just weird to me like someone like cheryl crow doesn't like she doesn't get that like like Liz Fair or PJ Harvey or uh, yeah. Tori Amos like but she's like kind of like the more accessible like, yeah the she's the more accessible song. right but she's really like I think just as talented as any of them and I think um, and now I have to backpedal too because when I said because she's she's uh, attractive I didn't say that to mean that that is the that diminishes her talent I was just saying from a public perspective where everything's a, a, a selfie and an Instagram post. Um, Cheryl Crow's an attractive woman. And I, absolutely. And I think the thing too is like she's also a known commodity. Like yeah. everyone kind of knows. I mean, like we know everyone knows like Melissa Etheridge too, but like I don't think you have to sell. Like to me, what the Rock Hall of Fame in a nutshell is mm. if you put someone on a marquee, do they know who they are? Like right. do you have to explain. And, and you have to explain Melissa more than you have to explain Cheryl. No, I don't think you do because she's such a ground like it, yeah, like she's not even not even um comparing the two, but like Cheryl Crow, you just n- know that name and like you get it kind of. That's why I like Cher not being in the Rock Roll of Fame. Like that's crazy. It's like that's insane. No one, you don't have to explain Cher. <laughs> Everyone knows who she is. Everyone knows who Cher is. I mean, she has a famous like one name <sighs> stage name. It's like it's amazing. I mean, it's M- Madonna should never be in before Cher. Uh. Come on. It was well. See, the thing is, is that like I don't know if it was the sexism that mm-hmm. that that caused Cher to not get a nomination, or but to me, Pat, and I'm gonna say this because she's like I do a top 100 Rock Hall prospects thing. She's number three. Who's I, number one and two? Mariah Carey's number one because of sales, but also like you can see her influence on contemporary pop. Oh, absolutely. Two has always been the Smiths because I can never make Morrissey number one of anything. So he's perpetually number two. And I think it like digs into Morrissey that a woman isn't ahead of him. And, it, and I always try to put like someone who's like super worthy, like Tina Turner was the first one. Yeah. And she got in. But Cher is like the ultimate badass and the ultimate rock star in so many ways like yeah and she still is she doesn't give a shit if she gets it or not she doesn't but i just want to see her in a hot mic at a ceremony (laughs) just like grilling everyone tearing it up oh and she would get a she would get inducted the first like no one no one's gonna say no to her you know if her name's in the ballot she's like dolly immediately people are gonna vote oh yeah and she's probably gonna say like it's about damn time and yeah and she's gonna give like an epic speech that everyone's gonna love and she'll talk about sunny and cry 
Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, so here's the song, Sorry. the Sheryl Crow song that I chose from Feels Like Home. It's Homecoming Queen, and I picked it because I was Homecoming King, by the way. Did you know that, Nick? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. I learned something new today. Yep, I was Homecoming King. I mean, they didn't give the king a title. I was the Homecoming Queen's escort, <laughs> but I like to give myself the title Homecoming King. Whatever makes you happy. Um, and it was my friend, Laurie Dangle, who I escorted her through through the junior and the senior um, court. And it was so funny, like her mom, you know you know one of those parents that just won't give their kid their due? Oh yeah. And like Laurie ran track and she was like, she had all these medals for the high hurdles and a great student and a great person and then she's homecoming queen. And that night after she won, her mom said, she won because, uh, because of you, Pat. <laughs> and I'm like, I appreciate that, but no, <laughs> what are you saying? All right, here we go. Homecoming queen. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. So much bad parenting. Crazy. This is a great song, though. I love it. It is. Twenty-eight shouldn't look this old But the last teen years sure took their toll On the girl in the picture with a plastic crown That sequin dress wouldn't fit her now Like it did before the kids Yeah, she loves her husband Cause she says she would Oh, it ain't so bad, but it ain't so good she swore she wouldn't get stuck in this town Now she's cutting coupons two doors down from her mom And it goes on Yeah, too bad life ain't a local parade In your uncle's Corvette on a Saturday With all the little girls waiting on you to wave When you're 17 See, I feel like if Carrie Underwood recorded that song, that's the number one song in a week. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I definitely, what a great song. I like it because Cheryl Crow's one of those singers. I don't know about you, Pat. Like, she sings one note and you know it's her. Yes. She just has that distinctive voice. Yeah. Even though, like, vocally, maybe she's not the strongest. Right. But she just has that, like, it factor that just makes her stand out. And I just think it's amazing because you picked an album, like, 20 some odd years into her career that she could still have yes. like a really strong vocal range and really do a great job and i i do love that song from from that album yeah she just she kills it she kills it but yeah that's a great album and i i don't know i don't know if it sold well i don't know anything about that but um but it was really great and it was really uh i just love it so much so oh i love her she's yeah. she, she's amazing yeah, and she's going to be at the Rock Hall ceremony on Saturday. <sighs> but we don't know what she's doing. You know doing. who else is going to be there? Me. You will be what there. What the hell? I can't believe it. I really can't believe that that's happening. And I'm just kind of trying to clear out the list because I'm not sure how many songs we have. We still have a ton of songs to play. Let's go for it. I know. Hold on a second. This is going to take us right to the I might not be able to shower before <laughs> we go to the concert. Uh, this is my friend from college, Pat Halferty, who listens to the show. Thank you, Pat, because uh, uh, very few of the people that I went to high school or college uh, uh, know anything about this. 
the show. <laughs> like some friends will go, hey, send me a couple links of some good episodes. I'm like, okay, fucking go look for yourself. What do you want me to do? Just listen to any of them. I think they're all good. I think there's like how many? 600, 700? 670 dropped today. <laughs> go, wait, you want me to try? You want me to pick, go through and figure out what a good one is? What? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if any of them pick, are good. Pick or are they all good? They're all good, Pat. <laughs> That's the short answer. All right. Here's Pat Halferty. Howdy, Pat and Rock Solid Planet. Pat from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here. I first heard my country music choice when I suppose I was pretty near knee-high to a grasshopper. Through what was probably some kind of six degrees of Bob Dylan thing, Pat, we had a couple of great Waylon Jennings albums in our house. One of them was Old Waylon, which was released in April of 1977. There are a couple of covers on the album. One is a really good cover of Sweet Caroline, but that's not my choice, although it is really worth a listen. In January of 1977, Kenny Rogers had a big crossover hit with Lucille. And since Waylon's version was released a couple of months later, it's probably not a cover, but just one of those things where they both recorded the same song around the same time. Kenny's version is fine, but Waylon's is pure country. He growls it out in that Waylon sort of way, and there's a minute and 17 second long steel guitar solo at the end of the song by a guy named Ralph Mooney, who played with all sorts of people back in the day. And it's like Waylon said, well, shoot, fellas, I'm tired of singing, and we got old Ralph here, and we got some tape left, we might as well put him to work. And then the song just fades out. Strange arrangement, but a great version of the song. So cue it up around two minutes and four seconds to get some Waylon in there, and then some steel guitar in there. And uh, thanks, Pat. Enjoy, and stay safe, everyone. Lord, she was a beauty, but when she came to me, she must have thought that I'd lost my mind. I couldn't hold her cause the words that he told her came back to me time after time. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille, with four hungry children and a crop in the field. I've had some sad times, lived through some bad times, but this time the hurting won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me. All right, I didn't even know that there was a version of that song that wasn't Kenny Rogers. I did not know that either. No. And in Pat's uh, um, intro, he mentioned that Waylon does a version of Sweet Caroline. Yeah. So let's hear a little bit of that. I got to hear this. Are a little twangy and it is country. Yeah. Please don't go bop bop bop. Where it began, I can't begin knowing, but I know it's growing strong. First was the spring, spring became the summer. Who'd believe you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Sweet Caroline 
You wanted to do it, didn't you? Oh, yes. You held back. Of course. I mean, I, it does work as a country song. It does. And I will say, Pat, I'm glad you're doing the Neil November, or what are you calling it? Neil Vember. I do like Neil Diamond. He's like, I don't know. <coughs> he gets a lot of Excuse flack, me. but he, I like him. I mean, look, those 70s Neil Diamond albums, like from 69 to like 75, I think are so fantastic. His 60s stuff alone is Well, yeah, those, the bang years are amazing, too. Yeah, those are amazing. But that 70s period, it's also incredible. I just, I feel like he gets like parodied a lot or yeah. like not he's, he's easily, he, It's easy to make fun of him and dismiss the talent. But I feel like he's so talented and like he could have been like, what was it like a doctor? It, no, right. Yeah, he could have been a doctor, but he chose yeah. to be a pop yeah. Yeah. star and yeah. like he got the last laugh. So in 1996, Neil Diamond dips his toe in country music <laughs> with the album Tennessee Moon, and we're going to keep it going on a Waylon Jennings jag. This is One Good Love, a duet with Waylon Jennings. Wow. It cracks me up when Waylon comes in because it's just so different. For, I don't even know if they're in the room together. I don't know. It took a while for me to know What I was looking for In every heart I'd ever known both sound great vocally. They do. Just left me wanting more. One good love can turn it all around. Take hold of a restless heart. Back to solid ground. You can search the world for happiness. All right, there we go. There we go. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're going to move on to another one of our Name That Tune friends. We call him the Wench Dog. Kevin Wench. Hi, it's Kevin Wench from Springfield, Missouri. 45 minutes away from Branson, so I'm in the heart of country music country. While I'm more rock and roll kind of guy, my oldest daughter is country. In college, she had a radio show playing old country and new alternative country, and she specialized on female artists. Her, uh, she was a history major, and her capstone project was on female pioneers of country music, so I'd be reminisced if I didn't pick a female artist. I myself have a soft spot for country pop of the late 70s, early 80s, which many poke fun at. My selection is Crystal Gale. Crystal is the youngest sister of Loretta Lynn, 19 years younger specifically. 
Her song, Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue, could be my daughter's perhaps favorite song of all time. It's a classic, but I'm going to go with her second biggest hit on the pop singles chart. It's called Half the Way. That was a top 15 hit in 1979. It's long forgotten, so most will be hearing this song for the first time. So, Pat, please play the first 70 seconds, and yeehaw. I remember this song, but I had also forgotten it. Oh, yeah. Half of your love is just not what I'm after. Part of your world is just not what I need. Sadly, Crystal Gale might be more famous for that super long hair that went to down to her feet. That's true. And, you know, that was her look. That had to be a hassle, right? I mean, can you imagine all the maintenance for that? I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, at night you have to put it in a cap. You can't roll around the bed with all that. Your husband's like, what the heck? What's going on? I would just think if, like, someone's mad at you, they could just kind of easily get your hair. What if you get a hair in your food at their house and you're like, mom, I think this is yours. She can't deny it. Because they're pulling it out. It's like three yards of hair. Yeah. That's definitely what we like to call on Name That Tune a wench jam. That's a wench jam. For sure. For sure. All right. I'm going to do our third and final female voice for the day so that this is not a dude country fest. Here we go. Let's hear it. Play it. Hey, Pat and Rock Solid Nation. This is longtime listener and first-time contributor Jen Curran, checking in from the estate in Bethlehem, Georgia. The song selection for this week was kind of an easy one for me. It's a song that I have a real love-hate relationship with. Uh, I love it because it's just a great song, and it's super funny, and it also gives the formula for writing a perfect country and western song. Unfortunately, I hate it because I worked at a bar in Atlanta in the 80s that had it on the jukebox, and there was nothing drunk Southern college students loved singing along to more than You Never Even Call Me By My Name by the original long-haired redneck David Allen Coe. The song was, in fact, written by Steve Goodman and included on his debut album, but didn't really go anywhere until David Allen Coe covered it. Uh, interesting side note is that John Prine was a co-writer on the song, but chose not to be credited because he didn't want to get pigeonholed as a novelty songwriter. Uh, you can cue it up to about 303, Pat, to get to the real lesson of the song and enjoy it and sing along if you know the words. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song. He told me it was the perfect country and western song. 
I wrote him back a letter and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama or trains or trucks or prison or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song and he sent it to me and after reading it I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song. And I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before in the pickup truck She got robbed over by a damned old train And I'll hang around this long Alright, it's fun. It was fun. It's fun. I could see how you could get sick of it if you heard it every night, though. I will say, though, I was trying to think of her story with hearing it at a bar, and I could totally see people oh, yeah. singing along to that. Definitely. And, Drunk, and you're just top of your lungs, loving it. Oh, yeah. I could totally see that. All right. Let's move on to another. We have a couple more. I'm looking at the file. I don't know. We're probably going to have to open a file to finish these last couple, especially if I keep talking. It would do two back to back. Here we go. We won't say anything. Hi, Pat. George Worley from Pennsylvania here. The song I picked is one that always makes me a bit emotional, Roll on 18-Wheeler by Country Supergroup Alabama. This song was released in January 1984, and amazingly, it was the group's 12th straight number one single on Billboard's country chart. It was written by Dave Loggins, cousin of the more famous Kenny Loggins. Now, why do I get just a bit choked up hearing this song? I guess I'm a sucker for a story about kids missing their father and waiting for his return, in this case because the dad is a truck driver and he's missing in a snowstorm. It all sounds a bit corny, but I almost lose it nearly every time I hear this gem. Pat, can you please play Roll on 18-Wheeler by Alabama? There's no shame if you get a bit weepy also. I know that Trace Adkins song, You're Gonna Miss This, and some Taylor Swift tunes do it for you as well, but you may need to add this one to the list. Thanks, as always, for these Patreon listener episodes. Well, it's Monday morning, he's kissing Mama goodbye. He's up and gone with the sun. Daddy drives an 18-wheeler And he's off on a Midwest run And three sad faces gather round Mama They ask her when Daddy's coming home Daddy drives an 18-wheeler And they sure miss him when he's gone Yeah, they do Ah, but he calls them every night and tells them that he loves them He taught them this song to sing Roll on highway, roll on along Roll on daddy till you get back home Roll on family, roll on crew Roll on mama like I asked you to do And roll on eighteen wheeler Roll on, roll on Never heard that song Never heard it either Alabama was huge Mm-hmm. Are they still active? I believe so. 
All right. He brought up the song that kills me. It's the Trace Adkins song. You're going to miss this. I'll try not to cry because I cried at this song before too. So far, I've been able to keep it together. Uh, this is the verse about the plumber and the woman's embarrassed because her kids are crying. Have you, you, do you know this song? I've heard it, I think. It's a sappy, corny song, but it really hits home if you've had kids. How many kids do you have, Nick? Zero. All right. Well, eventually. Here we go. Five years later, there's a plumber working on the water heater. Dogs barking, phones ringing, one kid's crying, one kid's screaming. And she keeps apologizing. He says, they don't bother me. I've got two babies of my own. One's 36, one's 23. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but you're going to miss this. You're gonna want this back. Jesus Christ. I can't see it. These days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times. So take a good look around. You may not know it now. But you're gonna miss this. I do remember that song. Yeah. This, uh, this song hits home for me too because um, uh, Rita and I, my 18-year-old, Rita is taking a gap year between high school. She graduated high school. She's taking a gap year before continuing her education. And uh, we both just got jobs at the same place. Really? So we're working together. Wow. And uh, it's really cool. Like we, And we've been getting the same shifts too. So we've been going in together. And we've just been having the best time the best time and uh so yeah it's just uh so so when he says you're gonna miss this i'm really enjoying i'm really stopping and taking time to you know focus and remember you know this time that we're having right now because it's really fun so um also, I just want to because we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start a new file to finish this out. We've only got a handful of songs, but that's what we're gonna have to do. But I do want to say real quick, you know, as I'm saying, talking about who's gonna go to this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with me, and I don't mention Pilar, who's my wife, and that's because this wouldn't interest her at all, right? Not at all. Like, I could name all the performers. She'd go, "Wow, that's great. That's a lot of great people." But then when she knows how long the ceremony's gonna be and everything wouldn't be interested at all so i just want people to know i'm not forgetting about my wife the love of my life i just know what she'd be into and what she wouldn't be into and she would even say oh yeah take christy christy will enjoy that much more than i ever would all right did you want to say something no i was just gonna laugh because some of them have been five to six hours right and with less inductees yeah so like when we went last so when i went in 2019 it was about five a little over five hours yeah started at seven ended at like a little after midnight this one last year started at eight and ended like i think like maybe 12 12 30 yeah but it's like that's still long yeah this is gonna go this one's gonna go for a long time oh my god can you imagine hbo trying to edit it oh, and they're gonna make it into three and a half hours <sighs> Yeah, I don't know how. They should just. I've really been in editing rooms before, and it's it's rough. 
Oh, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, we just got one, two, three more songs. So it's three intros, three songs. Let's do it. These are all people you know, too. First up, Hart Barger. I call him Bargs, K Bargs. He doesn't like that. He told me. Is that like his rap name? Mm, he doesn't like it. Oh. Hi, everyone. Kevin Hartbarger checking in from Chicagoland. Bargs. When I worked in a record store in the early 90s, I heard my share of country music since we played all the latest releases to help push sales. A lot of the stuff that was current at the time didn't really appeal to me, but one record stood out, and I still love it to this day. It was the debut album from Radney Foster, and it was such a feel-good blast of Texas honky-tonk that I didn't mind playing it over and over again. Lots of hits on this one, and I'm going to go with his biggest, Nobody Wins, which ended up at number two on the Billboard Country Chart back in 1993. I think the great backing vocals from Mary Chapin Carpenter might have helped it along. Yay! Yay! So from his debut album, Del Rio, Texas, 1959, here's Radney Foster with Nobody Wins. Enjoy. And Pat, as always, thanks for having me. You said this ain't over yet I've said things that I'll regret it won't be easy to forget Scars take time to heal Before another bitter word gets loose I was hoping we could call a truce Cause nobody wins We both lose Hearts get broken and love gets bruised When we light that same old fuse Again and again Kevin, if you have that album, send it to me, please. Uh, if it's as good as that song, I will enjoy it. Pretty great. He's got a great taste of music, Car Parker. Yeah, he really does. He's uh, he and he's good at name that tune, also. He does. He I mean, he cheats though. He looks in those books and stuff. He has that book he uses. The good book. The good book. <laughs> the Bi- yes, the Bible. <laughs> but yeah, he he he's always got a great taste. I'm always curious what Harbarger plays during his games. And um, no, that was really good. Yeah, that was great. Radney, like. I thought, does he mean Rodney? But no, the guy's name is Radney. His parents should be ashamed of that. Rad. Well, I guess he's Rad. His nickname would be Rad. It has to be Rad. Hey, Rad. Hey, Rad. That's so Rad. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more. Both uh, both favorites here at Rock Solid. This next guy, you might know him as Hob the Troll, or you might know him as Steve O'Dockerson. Here we go. Howdy, Rock Solid friends. It's Steve O'Dockerson here. Uh, you know who I love very much? Jonathan Richmond. He was in the Modern Lovers, if you're familiar with that band. Uh, but in 1990, he put out an album called Jonathan Goes Country. 1990. So you have grunge, you have hair metal, you've overproduced power ballads, underground hip-hop is becoming mainstream, there is a renaissance of R&B, and then young country is coming into its own... Uh, as well, 1990, you know, but meanwhile, this skinny, intellectual punk dude from Boston puts out a country album, and damned if it doesn't have more heart than just about everything, while managing to be fun at the same time. And 
heart and fun. That's my favorite recipe for everything. My favorite song off the album is called Since She Started to Ride, but I know my own tastes are eccentric as best. Please look up that song uh, on your own. It's fantastic. But the song I picked for this is Corner Store. It's a song about a man who's frustrated with the giant malls and supermarkets taking over, and that's something that's relatable to a lot of people, and that's what, at its best, country music does better than a lot of other genres, right? So please enjoy Corner Store, and uh, check out that whole album. It's really good. Thank you so much. I love you all. Be safe. Bye. I know it costs more money to shop there, but this was love. This was love I know you had to pay more money I'll pay money I'll pay more I don't care what the mall has got I want back that corner store And what did I feel When I walked by slow Sorrow, sorrow All around Why I would feel sorrow I now know I smell a ghost smell from the ground That old wooden smell from the old corner store All right, Nick, we have one more song. So here's what we can do. We have one more intro with one song attached. We can use that as our playout song, or you could pick a playout song and I can find it and play that. What do you want to do? Oh, I, hmm. I'm curious what the song is. Um, you know what? The file I have just says the guy's name because he put his song uh, and intro all together as one file. So I forget what song he picked, to be honest. Hmm. Let's go with that. Let's go with the outro with his song okay okay so let's do some promoting then now because this will sure this will be the last thing we say where can we find you on the socials on are you on facebook you're on instagram twitter oh i am on all three all right um for the podcast rock and retrospect you can reach me at rock and retropod and that's on twitter and instagram and on facebook you just search rock and retrospect and you'll find the right. page for that um and then my personal twitter account is at nick d Bambeck. so i do uh every day i do the rock solid um album of the day which i gotta thank you for a sec because i am really bad at listening to albums like from start to finish right and your project kind of forces me to do that but i'm kind of glad but in a good way no it's it's great because there's so many hidden gems on the records yeah that like i probably would never listen to if i didn't force myself to listen to that because i tend to um play what i want to play instead of just starting from the beginning right and going to the end so but it's a really great project i Thank hope you. you do it again next year yeah we'll continue to do it. and this year i did discographies because um sometimes it's overwhelming like what album am i gonna am i gonna pick so if i picked if i picked the bangles i know oh, well my next five or six days are covered i know what it's gonna be right and i'm doing neil diamond in november neil vember so every single day is covered because he has 32 studio albums so i think I think there's two I'm not gonna include, which I know is a His little Christmas bit of a Christmas album. Well, no, I don't do the Christmas. I, I don't do like I don't do live albums, and I don't do, uh, and I'm not doing like holiday albums. I just do 
the studio albums proper. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he has 32 studio albums, and that would run into Def Sember, which is when I do Def Leppard. Heck so yes. it would it would run two days into Def Sember. So, I mean, I might do it to be a completist, but we'll see. But I will say, though, the one reason why I do like the album a day uh, project that you do is that the community on especially social media it, it's so supportive but everyone's so nice and you know like i i like it because we may not all like the albums right and the artists we pick but everyone's very respectful everyone's liking and every i mean yeah that's what i do say about the rock and it, that's at rock solid show uh that twitter page is nothing but good vibes is that what the kids say let me spill some hot tea and tell you that it's nothing but good vibes because everyone is just talking about music it's not because people always say Twitter is so toxic and it can be but I think it's all about what you make it I really do I honestly think that too because for me like I don't know about you I know when to stop or to hit the pause yeah on it if it's overwhelming yeah. but like to me I try to follow and interact with people that I think are more positive yeah, or more yeah. like engaging or like I'll tell you straight up too like I learned so much music mm -hmm. that i had no idea about it's crazy it, right it, and the selections are always interesting and they're always like all over the place yeah, it's eclectic I, I i always appreciate seeing what other people um pick but i think it's the community that makes it yeah all i agree good people because they comment it's like they about the amount of likes it's just like the comment and like oh yeah i saw that in like this and you're like oh wow like that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's fun. And hopefully that bleeds over into your podcast, Twitter, as well. I mean, there's lots of crossovers on all these things. There truly is. And like, it's just always um, wonderful when that happens. Yeah, it is good. Good stuff. So with that, we are at Rock Solid Show. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. Kyle runs that uh, website and keeps it up to date. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast prizes episodes ad free and all good stuff all good stuff there so with that this is a gentleman we were talking about off mic and in a good way we were uh, very uh we were uh complimenting him on his musical knowledge and talking about having him on our shows and his name is dave festini oh uh, one of the best one of the best so we're going to hear dave's intro and the song he plays will be our outro song. So thanks for listening to this Patreon-supported episode. The next one for December, it's going to be... Here's what it is. I'll tell you. I'm going to tease it. It's going to be your favorite song that was released in 2022. So it'll be kind of a, a 2022 wrap-up from the listeners or the Patreon supporters, not just the listeners. You got to support two bucks a month. Come on, dicks. Okay. Uh, is that, a, is that the way to get people to support? Yeah. Call them dicks. All I mean, right. insulting people helps get you money apparently it, now. Yeah. I mean, come on. It works for Don Rickles. All right. <laughs> here we go. Dave Festini. Thank you, Nick, for being here. Thank you so much for having and me. Thank Pat. you for the wonderful present of rock and roll hall of fame tickets, uh, for me and my date, Miss Christy Stratton. We will see you there. And we will love every minute of it. And with that, here's Dave Festini and his song, and I'm turning our mics off. Say goodbye, Nick. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me again, Pat. Hello.
Hello, Rock Solid Faithful. It's David Festini here in northern New Jersey. And for this country episode, I'm going to feature an all-time favorite song of mine. I never, ever get tired of hearing this song. I, if I, it's in the car, I crank it up. It's one of my all-time favorite tunes. It's the tale of Lucius Clay and the Cable Boys back in Mugger Woods. I'm talking about the legend of Wooly Swamp by the Charlie Daniels Band. Forget about the devil and Georgia and all that fiddle bullshit. This song is far, far superior. Here it is. I hope you enjoy it. And Pat, as always, thanks for letting me be part of the show. But if you ever go back into Wooly Swamp, wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. <laughs> 